Hey guys, this is Steph in Cleveland, goalkeeper with the Seattle Sounders, and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is episode 122 of the show today wow. uh, with Benat here. Hello, Benat. Hello. Um, how busier week than last week. Uh, our teams seem to have woken up a little bit, even though there's only one pro team still actively uh, playing games. But that does not mean that off seasons have not been getting spicier um, over the past week. So we will just move into the actual information as we look at our Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, their season ended um, a little bit ago, not too far away. But, you know, we are in the off season now as, you know, we, we were kind of out of playoff contention for a good bit. Um, as we get into a sort of light season recap here. Starting off with the big award, the MVP award, um, I gave it to Tyler Lockett. I felt like Tyler was kind of the uh, consistency throughout the season. Um, kind of hard for me to give it to Russ, all things considered, and with the way that his season played out. And I can't really give it to Rashad Penny, considering his resurgence was um, a little late. A little late. So Tyler Lockett was who I looked at as the guy who was uh, the most consistent throughout the season. And uh, kind of um, the offense, I mean, for some extent, um, just as a whole, you know. Yeah. Uh, Bennett, your thoughts? You're somebody different or are you in agreement? I'm in agreement. I, I I, mean, like you said, there's. it's hard. I'm hard-pressed to give it to anybody else than Tyler. Nobody's really had a, a season as consistent as he has. Um, and that's really his – that's really his thing. He's just – he's a very consistent – player uh you're not going to name another seahawk especially this year who's been able to find that level of play throughout the entire year even dk who i think matched tyler's touchdowns um or was only a couple behind didn't necessarily match the consistency tyler got those over the entire season dk kind of got them on the bookends um so while the rest of the team was kind of struggling the entire year um you know, we, we saw Tyler break out in a big way. And, you know, out of all the years, I got to say, this is probably the year I've been happiest he's on our team because he's kind of like Mr. Reliable. So I, I got to give it to him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think DK would have some of his games in bunches, but not a lot of yards, right? It was just like, that's fine. But you'd, you'd like we've kind of hoped for, I mean, I think the last two years, maybe you'd hope he'd get the ball more often, uh, DK. Right. Um, and obviously in different spaces, you know, and it's like we don't have to just have him run go routes all the time. It's not something that needs to happen. Uh, I mean, he's shown he can be a playmaker, and I don't think it, you need to restrict him. Um, offensive player of the year, uh, I I could have gone with somebody in particular here, um, a certain currency um, but I, I stuck with Tyler. I just thought that, you know, again, compared to the other two candidates really that stuck out, uh, Tyler was the most consistent there. And just to go back to what he did uh, for my MVP vote, just a guy that was consistent and put up numbers, even in a, you know, playing with Russ with an injured finger for a good amount of the year and Geno Smith for three games, I believe. Do you, who's your offensive player of the year? Um, yeah, I'll probably go with 
Kyler as well. There's no, I, I think in a year where your offense really struggles, whoever had the most consistency will be your MVP. Um, it doesn't sit right with me to give it to Penny just because yeah. like, or he only really had about five games of that real high level of playing. Um, uh, yeah, in terms of MVP, uh, you, you got to give it to Tyler. Like, he, it wasn't a surprise, you know, and I think – I think he's received an offensive MVP from us before last year. Um, I don't remember which one of us did it. I think it might have been Omari. Um, but it's Tyler Lockett. He'll be that consistent for his entire career, you know, up until he retires. So um, I think he deserves it this year more than anybody else. Yeah, it's, you know, because, again, the leading rusher on the team, Rashad, you know, it's just, you what the last five games were 100 plus yards um and it's so that's what five times yeah that's that's the majority of your yards coming in those last five games um so yeah as you said this doesn't really feel right to sit uh, and pick Rashad there for that spot um and then for the defensive side of the ball this is one where you could kind of go in different avenues um you could go with Quandre Diggs. You could go with Polly Wagner, go with Brooks. I, I went with Jordan Brooks. Um, even if you wanted, you could go with Jay Reed, maybe. Um, I went with Jordan Brooks uh, for a couple couple reasons. I mean, to, you know, if, if Bobby stays healthy and plays that last game, maybe we look at a different uh, franchise uh, season tackle leader, maybe. Um, right. Well, yeah, plays the last two games because he got injured on that first play of the Lions game. Um, but for Jordan Brooks to have a 20-tackle game against the Cardinals at the end of the year, to lead the team in tackles, to be top five in tackles in the league on the season, um, I think I think that's in his second year, right, to do that, I think it's pretty incredible. Uh, and it's been a guy that doesn't get as much shine uh, necessarily. Um kind of because it feels like i mean over the season when we have the tackle uh stat in stat leaders it was either jordan brooks or bobby wagner i think jamal adams might have stuck in there once early in the season but it was always those two guys right um and so to yeah to do that in the second year and to have a guy like bobby wagner to learn from um this is just only good signs i think for jordan brooks so i i gave it to the young uh, linebacker for my defensive player of the year. Um, I'm going to have to probably give it to um, Quandre Diggs. I think this is, I mean, this is the best year he's played football. Uh, mm-hmm. I think probably without, um, I don't think anybody would argue that he's had a better year than this. Uh, led the team in interceptions, um, played a pretty lockdown role back there. I, I think he was one of the best safeties in the league, quite honestly, this year. Uh, the fact that he didn't get all pro uh, is pretty disturbing. It's a little annoying. Um, I don't know how these <laughs> sports writers decide, uh, but I think he got, what, a couple votes? Uh, Quandre for all pro? Yeah. None. None. That's that, To me, that's stupid. Um, he was playing at you know the highest level of safety this year. Um, 
So I think he's one of the unsung heroes uh, of our defense. Not necessarily locally. I think everybody who's a Seahawks fan knows and appreciates the value of Quandre Diggs and not so much Jordan Brooks, you know, that he kind of sneaks under the radar with the, the, the fans as well. But Quandre, I think, nationally deserves way more attention, you know, than what he's been getting. I think he's one of our only pro bowlers this year, but uh, I think that in that way uh, it shows that he's a really core part of our defense. So I think he deserves that defensive MVP vote. Yeah. And I think, like I said, you, you could go down several avenues and Quandre Diggs is probably, I, I would say those two guys for me are like one, a one B basically like neck and neck there. I'd agree. Uh, and it really, you know, I think we talked about it after the, uh, the Cardinals game just to see him get injured. Uh, and the emotion of not only him, but the team kind of just shows him his importance, not only, you know, stat wise, but in the locker room. So um, just, just hope that he can be locked up uh, here. Here's a quick one, Bennett, just, just year wise. I have to, if I have to have you not, not money wise, not total year average, you know, salary wise uh, year wise, if you're in John Schneider's chair, what are you offering Quandre Diggs year wise on a new contract? <laughs> I mean, okay, so safeties have been a little overpaid lately, if I must say. Who, so. who would, who would, hmm, and, hmm. <laughs> no, no. I, you can't pay him Jamal Adams money. Uh, of course not. We don't have that kind of money. We're not, we, there's no way we can give him, what, 38? You don't have the facilities for that. 38 mil guaranteed? What is God, that? Damn it. Pretty ridiculous. Um, Quandre, I think, deserves more than he's being paid now, obviously. Uh, what's his contract sitting out now? I think he's sitting at, yeah, three years, 18 uh, mil. That's six mil a year. He uh, and a couple, a, a good amount of a signing bonus. I think you need to pay him at least, I mean, I think 10 would be nice for him. <laughs> uh, How many years would you sign him for? Oh, I thought you meant dollars. No, like, no, 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 no. I'm saying not the money, money time. Years. Oh. Length of contract. Well, I mean, Quandre's young, dude. He's 30. He's only 28. Uh, For a second, I thought you said 30. I was like, I don't know how young that is. I mean, he's got at least, you know, three more, four more years of great football in him. Um, 32 is kind of that cap. Um, I, I'd say three years. I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, four years. Get him on that same contract he had last time, bump it up, maybe like slap on a nice three three mil per year to to kind of you know give some incentive for him um to stick around. But you know, double that time. Get him here for six years, you know. Uh well he's already played three years, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like he deserves it more. I think he deserves it more than anybody else on the defense. And uh, hot take: he deserves it more than Bobby at this point, um, because Bobby's getting—he's getting up there. Yeah, in this circumstance, I would agree with that. He's getting up there. Uh, I think Bobby knows he doesn't need a superstar contract anymore. I would hope so. Because <laughs> uh, how old is he right now? Thirty-two, thirty-one. He'll be thirty-two by the time next season starts. Um, so. He is kind of getting to that age where defensive uh, players start to fizzle. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing Quandre be the guy we focus on. I think three years would be correct for him. 
Yeah, and I I agree with that. I think anything you know, four and up is is something you can't really guarantee. Yeah, contracts like that, you know, where it's like not necessarily in football, but in a lot of sports, like the the contract that comes to mind to me is the uh, Robinson Cano ten year deal. Yeah, I think it's not on anything on Robinson Cano ten years for anybody is a really weird. I mean, it, it's you're... like it's like fully guaranteed that this guy is going to be great for 10 years or even like seven of those 10 years. Right. I just really don't like that length of a contract. No matter what you do, you're you're gambling and it's more of a gamble than I think the Seahawks should be willing to take at this point. Mm. Um, we have a good amount of cap to play with. Yeah. Shouldn't, you shouldn't sell the barn on Quandre. Quandre's not expecting to have the barn sold on him. Um, now, here's where it kind of gets funky is you made a big mess up, a big screw up by paying Jamal that much money because you've set a precedent. And hopefully Quandre's a little easier to work with because um, he, he probably deserves that money more than Jamal. <laughs> I don't think anybody would really argue that. Um so, I don't know. It'll be an interesting offseason to see if we can get some of these guys back. But I, I, I'd say Jamal has to be up there. Uh, not, not Jamal Quandre. Sorry. Gosh. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. What? I just talked about both of them, and they got flipped up. Uh, rookie of the year. So, we have. <laughs> That's hard. Excuse me. Yeah, you got three people to look at. One of them did not really do much with his snaps and was concussed for like eight weeks. One yeah. didn't really play much at all. And one showed great promise, but went down injured. Bennett, who would that man be? Uh, oh, I like Trey Brown. Well, that's it. <laughs> I like Trey Brown a lot. Um, I'm really sad that he got hurt. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty devastating. Um Trey Brown and Stone Forsyth were, were guys that I was really looking at when the season started. Sorry, Dwayne, but uh, Trey Brown obviously gets the Rookie of the Year award. I think it's clean and simple. He's the only one who did anything with his snaps. Um, let's look at his stats. Um, but I just found that this rookie class didn't get to do as much as they could have been able to do. Um Stone Forsyth showed promise, but he went out. Um, Dwayne Eskridge. I think Dwayne Eskridge's biggest issue is that we already kind of have him on the team. (laughs) And it's not Dwayne Eskridge. (laughs) Like, we're trying to use him as a Swiss Army knife, and that kind of reminds me of how Tyler Lockett came into the league. Remember how he was kind of just our pure speed guy for a while? Yeah, like I remember the he was drafted third round. No, yes, third round, 69th overall. Um, and I think he was like just primarily a kick returner dude with speed. Yeah, and then was, like over yeah. time, he became a wide receiver. Like, oh, look at that. And you know, once he broke into that, that was amazing. But I don't see Dwayne Eskridge doing the same thing. And then Stone Forsyth gets injured, um, goes out. Well, the thing with Eskridge, um, 
is his age. He's like 24. Yeah, he's 24 right now. Um, and, oh, yeah, you know, the, that's the 24 year old rookie. Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, interesting. It's just, I don't know how much of it was, uh, you know, not being used correctly or what, but at least what I noticed was, you know, when he was healthy, Freddie Swain was still taking his snaps. So is that more indicative of Freddie Swain or Dwayne Eskridge? Right. I think it's more, I think it's more for, I mean, like uh, the people, the narrative that Eskridge wasn't good. I don't believe in that. Also was Forsyth injured or did he just disappear? He, I I think he was healthy. I think he just disappeared really. Oh, that's weird. Cause I could have sworn he got hurt because I remember him not being around. So Forsyth, it's just weird that he disappeared. I thought they should have used him more. I kind of chalked it up to an injury. Neglect everything I just said about how he got injured. Um, that's just weird. Um, yeah, I think it's more a credit to Freddie Swain's talent. Um, Which is a good thing. It know. is a good thing. It's showing that he's kind of maturing into his uh, his own kind of status. And I, I, I like how he plays. He's really good off the line. Um, so... I like him. He's younger than Eskridge. So there you go. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Don't say it. Don't spoil it for me. I have to see this in real time. Freddie Swain. Don't tell me he's like 21. He's 20. Oh, he's well, still a year younger and had to have two years <laughs> of experience already under your belt. Yeah. And he's a sixth rounder. So, you, you mean, it. Less you money. <laughs> you can't fault the guy for, you know, taking a minute to develop. But I, I really like where he's at, you know, as a player right now. So just Dwayne Eskridge kind of fell into it. Yeah, and, and that's going to be something where we look at that draft and you got to kind of wonder about things. Um, 2021 draft is going it, to – it's going to be a, uh, like a, a sink draft for us, I think. Like – you don't have enough talent out of there. You know, Trey you Brown know, is and you're only going off three picks, you know. Yeah, exactly. Trey Brown's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he'll probably be a better piece of our team next year. Um, once our corner room gets ironed Ooh, out. I already am not happy with who I'm seeing after this. Creed but, Humphrey was available. I mean, if you look who we drafted first. Um, Eskridge. Yeah, if we look at the Eskridge, what is he? A uh, second round, like mid second round. The the Eskridge isn't a second round pick, you guys. Oh yeah, I remember that was a big thing. It's like, oh, you're selecting the Eskridge. It's like, fooled it, this guy. Yeah, it's just like there, are... and a lot of people who we need came after him. <laughs> Um, the drafting continues to be questionable at best uh, with with our team. Yeah, so. I have like unless we see some big jumps from Forsyth, uh, Trey Brown, you know, obviously hopefully comes back healthy and you know is able to recover well, and Eskridge is able to find his niche. Uh, we get away from you know the last two drafts, the with the nineteen and the twenty drafts weren't bad. Like there's talent in those drafts, 
Um, yeah, it took a second, but there is. There yeah. Is. So uh, yeah, this 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 last one might be tough, and this next one will also be important. Uh, and I don't really care about the first round pick. I really don't, just because. Yeah. Do I trust it? again? People are like, oh, oh, the, uh, de- like devaluing that idea that they've been bad drafting first rounders. They have. Like, they, you can't tell me they have not. Yeah, who's the last good one? Remain a fit. I mean, recently, Rashad Penny. <laughs> Think about that. Jermaine Fetty. <laughs> I mean, Jordan Brooks. But, okay, and, you know, to call Jordan, listen, you know that I like him. You know that I think he's swell and one of the better players on our team right now. But drafting Jordan Brooks in the first round is still stupid. You know, that might have been the... You could have got him in... What, what was the next round we had a pick in? I don't think we had a... We had a second round pick. And who did we draft? Daryl Taylor? He's a great... He's a great sack artist. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But, come on. Come on. <laughs> oh. I, I can't believe you're not acknowledging that Jermaine Effetti was a, a first round pick. I don't want to acknowledge Jermaine Effetti ever again. Yeah. So, uh, all start while we were playing the Bears, and it was really funny. And then we lost to the Bears. We got beat by the Bears. Um, mentioning Penny, comeback player of the year. I don't think we need to even debate this. Yeah, Penny, pretty easily. Yeah, uh, we've already kind of talked about his resurgence. You know, obviously, uh, Penny was my favorite player to watch in the last half of the season. I don't, I don't think I'm alone in that either. If he's able to create obviously if we re-sign him because if he goes somewhere else i could care less uh about how he does you do <laughs> um emotionally attached to the guy quite yet no um you know you, you get him back on like i'd say a two-year deal yeah um, wow i didn't even know about that chuck <laughs> really i don't think he'd i don't know if he'd take a one i don't I, you know that, that that's the complex thing with rashad right now if i may call him that um <laughs> you guys are buddies yeah um hmm. We go biking around Mercer Island. It's very nice. <laughs> um, I I just think that he's in this paradoxical situation where I don't think any team offers him more than what we'd offer him. Mm. I, I have a hard time believing any team would jump at a huge contract for him. I wouldn't say huge, but I'm sure there are some teams who may put a little bit of trust in his potential. That's true. And, and you know... Maybe we get a hometown, not a hometown discount, but like a draft town discount. Um, I know he said he he called Seattle home, so um, you know if that has any any weight, credence, or value. But it's just it's hard to see because I I don't think he'll clear free agency, obviously, because um, there are daily not. Yeah, there there are teams with a need, and he fills that need. We happen to be one of those teams. So, I don't know, man. Two years feels like a little much, but if we were to go two years, we got to give him a pretty low deal. Yeah, I'd say two years, what, like six million? Ah, yeah, yeah, that's, that mean, that's pretty close to, yeah, that would work for me. I, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any debate for that. Uh, and again, if he's able to replicate his success and just stay healthy, um, I mean, then I, I think, you know, I, I guess you could say that we 
worked wrong on the dude. Um, I, I but mean, ultimately, what if he has that stretch and then we get to next year, he signs, say he signs a one year and it's just the same shit. That would be uh, frustrating. And it's like, it's, it's one of the biggest, oh well, no, one of the biggest, it's one of the, you know, one of those, at least in Seahawks lore, it's like one of the bigger what ifs, you know. But I got to say, though, you know, you look at I, the reason I'm having a hard time thinking of it as a fluke is because you look at some of the people we played in the last weeks and the Lions sure, whatever. But uh, I mean, the Rams have a pretty stout. Oh, not the Rams. Sorry. The Cardinals, uh, one of the other teams that played today, have a pretty stout um, team mm-hmm. in terms of run defense, too. So, and 190 yards is no easy feat anyway. Exactly, and you gotta be happy about that. Uh, the the rush yards per game, they're tenth in the league, so not exactly great. But he still ran all over them. And then you look at what he did to Detroit, and of course Detroit's pretty god awful. Um, but just what he did to those teams is not anything to spit at. Um. The, the, he had a resurgence of his career, basically. So I think I have a hard time calling it a fluke, but I could very much see it being a fluke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. This this is also similar to rookies. This is kind of a tougher one because we really didn't see an abundance or like really big splash in free agency. But I feel like... um out of the free agents that were brought in, not guys that were re-signed, right? Um, I think the kind of easy choice for the uh, free agent signing is Gerald Everett. I know he had his struggles, but, I mean, he was semi-productive. I don't think he was used enough, but I, I think he was semi-productive, uh, at least compared to what, like, Kerry Hyder, Akello Weatherspoon was traded before the season really even started. Um so, so I think it, again, some of the draft class, it's kind of a limited, limited palette here. Um, what is the question? Free agent signing? Yep. Yeah. Um. Golly, that is kind of a that's a tough question. Yeah, I don't know if I feel good about Everett. I mean. It depends. It all depends on the dollar sign. You know what I mean? Mm. Because Everett, I do think we misused him. Um, and I don't think, I, I do not think this is a case of old tight ends who are going nowhere. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's not the case for this one particular uh, tight end that we happened to sign. I think that is valuable to the team. And I do think that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around, but I don't know how much I want to throw at him. Oh, not much. I don't think he commands that much. Um, and if he wants to go somewhere else for a certain amount of money, um, I don't really care. I, I don't. I don't mind it, but. It just, I don't know. I'm not sold on him quite yet. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, I had kind of wished that we would make, would have made a play for uh, Zach Ertz. Not saying like go out there and trade anything high, like maybe a fourth rounder, you know? Um, 
what it was i wonder i want to know what the deal was so i don't sound stupid um but i feel it's kind of funny it's like jimmy graham i don't know if you can count because he wasn't really properly used until the last year of his time in seattle um uh zuckert's trade my laptop is sounding like a air jet um if if i had to choose one um obviously we already talked about quandre um dj reed on my radar as one i'd love to have back or what dj reed a free agent signing oh no i'm talking about best free agent signed from last year Gosh, no i thought we were talking about who we should sign back we should do that next week look at uh what is going on isn't everett's contract also up uh yeah he signed a one year yeah i was like i don't know why we're having him be our number one signing back <laughs> oh no yeah no uh yeah That's philly traded time. a rookie corner and a fifth rounder so are you telling me you can't give up a fourth rounder for zach Ertz? like yeah mm, yeah um, but our best free agent signing yeah i mean i think he's the only noteworthy one a limited limited uh batch to go off of that's why i was like and then carrie hyder didn't do much yeah, he really didn't. I don't know, man. Our our whole offseason last year was pointing towards questionable issues, and we kind of blew that off in our season predictions just because we thought we had a really good core. Uh, but when your quarterback goes out. <laughs> yeah, that makes it tough. Let's look forward to Russell Wilson being our comeback player of the year next year. Yeah, that'll be kind of a funny thing. Um Man, uh, that's the second time. That's the second time, listeners, that I have completely bungled the question. So, if you wonder why I'm sounding rather incoherent, that's here's, probably why. Here's a more clear question: Game of the year. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm tempted to go with the Lions game. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm gonna go with Week 18. Yeah. Your yeah, sentence. Yeah. You could. Um, you could yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But week 18 was, I think, if there's anything that this stupid, godforsaken team would do to give me hope after we have a 7-10 and 10 season, another weird sentence, it would be stand up to the Cardinals in a pretty big way uh, to close out the year. Were the Cardinals playing as hard as us? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, but we gave them a good run for their money. And, you know, Russell had a good game all of a sudden. Penny had a almost 200-yard game. Um, it just, it, it was fun to watch, which is not something I can say for most games this season. So yeah, best game of the year. I'd have to give it to that game. Um, yeah, I, you could look at, you know, the lions game, you drop 50 points. Um, but I thought that, you know, uh, Russell looked relatively normal, right? Uh, defense held Kyler Murray to look relatively normal as well. Uh, well, I mean, not normal, look kind of down to earth. Sorry. Um, and to spoil the Cardinals from winning the NFC West is a good thing. And beating the Cardinals in general is a good thing anyway. Um, so, I mean, it, it looked more like a game that the Seahawks should have, you know, if you're, you want to go to the playoffs and you'd be a successful team, that game in week 18 is what you want to see, right? I mean, you you have a balanced offense. You know, Tyler Lockett has a great game. Rashad Penny has an incredible game. Defense plays pretty solid. 
um, and you beat the division, a big divisional opponent. Um, biggest issue from the past season that needed to be addressed. If I had to make you pick one, huh? huh. Uh, let's go. Let's go coaching. <laughs> Yeah, I could uh, go down that avenue. I kind of looked at it as uh, inability to adjust, and I think that I think, I think that uh, fits right in. I mean, that's on the coaches to be able to adjust, right? Yeah, um, it's the philosophy of coaching that we we kind of are stuck in this this mindset that we are okay. Mm-hmm. We're not. Yeah, this is fine. This is not fine. We've had. Probably whew, five consistently mediocre seasons. <laughs> and that's crazy to think because you win the division last year, but you know you could have been doing more. You know you could have probably went to the NFC Championship. Should have. Um, quite honestly. Uh, Packers still would have kicked a field goal? Question mark? <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, because some way, somehow... Uh, Pete would have to be the dumbest coach on the field, so time they out. wouldn't make that decision. Timeout. Yeah, he'd call time a timeout when he saw the field goal formation. <laughs> Something seems wrong. This one right here. <laughs> um, but yes. Oh yeah, you got coaching. Yeah, no, I think you know that's something. And and it's not just like coordinators, and we'll talk about a certain coordinator here in a little bit when we get to team names. <laughs> yep. Um. It it's it's you know it kind of starts up at the top too, so it's 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 it you know I know we talked about it last off season, but this off season it's the same thing. It's a really big deal uh, that you get this right and you pass with flying colors. Um, uh, as we try to turn it to a more positive note, what are uh, a few things that you're looking forward to next season? With with as much optimism as you can muster, Bennett. Um, uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, I'm looking forward. I'm I'm weirdly looking forward to our draft. Uh, I know we don't have a couple of picks there, but uh, you know the draft is always exciting. Um, if we get him back, Rashad Penny, I'm I'm very intrigued. And if he plays at that level. Exactly. I'm 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 intrigued to see where this guy goes, how this guy plays. Um there is a caveat that of course he does have to continue to play that level. Um but I I think that I I just like I said before, I'm hard pressed to call it a fluke. So I'd love to see him come back here and ball out and if I was to be excited for one thing, it would be him coming back and having a just an absolutely stellar season with us. Uh, if you want a more definite one, I, I don't know. I want to see Russ for a whole season. I That's one of those you don't know what you got till it's gone things, you know? Yeah, really. Um, I muted myself. I could barely even bear to listen or to watch those Geno games. And oh, God, yeah. You know, there's sometimes I just kind of turned it off because he was just not a very good quarterback. Um. So I, I just want to see Russell healthy for a whole season. That I miss that. Yeah, and I mean, well, that and you used to the right potential, right? Because Absolutely. you've got, if you look at it, you've got DK Metcalf, um, 
Tyler Lockett. You've got DK, DK, DK Eskridge. <laughs> You've got D Eskridge, who's got, you know, it seems like all the speed in the world. Uh, you know, going off, if we're giving Rashad the, the benefit of the doubt, you've got Rashad Penny, you should have Chris Carson. I mean, that's that's a pretty good roster on paper when healthy. It's just about, again, I use it all the time. It doesn't matter if you have a Ferrari if you don't know how to drive the goddamn thing. Um, so really, you know, saying that Russell's healthy and going into that season with and that get over the goddamn drama um that that's certainly something to look forward to and that was one of my points um and i thought i I don't know if maybe the texas tech guy has really snuck into my skin but uh to concede to concede to see jordan brooks continue to develop i think is really exciting because again you know you look at it uh two years in and to be at the level of play that you're at is to me is something um that's true that's true. so uh to see that because uh, like you were talking about with robert i don't know how much bobby we have left um so uh, i think it'll be exciting to see uh jordan continue to develop uh, and grow as a player um next season hopefully um under a i don't want to say that yet we're gonna wait yeah spoiler 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 um so that is our season wrap up of the seven and ten fourth place in the nfc west seattle seahawks got a no coach of the year award god no bennett none (laughs) of these coaches deserve an award um speaking of sad time uh injury news the only really news we have because i mean we could talk about the fact that the seahawks activated guys off of covid ir but it doesn't really matter because there's no game to play. Yep. Um, Quandre Diggs will be out four to five months. Uh, the Pro Bowl free safety had successful surgery on his broken fibula and dislocated ankle and should return to action on that four to five month time frame. Um, in team-related notes, Bennett already talked a little bit about All-Pro honors. Uh, middle linebacker Bobby Wagner earned second team All-Pro honors. It is his eighth consecutive season with an All-Pro honor. Uh, and linebacker Jordan Brooks received one all-pro vote. Uh, the only two Seahawks to receive any all-pro votes. Um, Adrian Peterson may consider coaching later. Peterson states that he is not ready to retire, retire, retire That's quite why. yet, uh, but his time in Seattle is helping him consider coaching after his playing and time is over. And to be completely blatant. <sighs> retire. How, you don't how have much gas left in the tank? Tell me. I mean, you got a team that was missing Derrick Henry and really did not have Dante Foreman's fine, um, but a team that doesn't have much option. If the Titans released you when they needed a running back the most, I don't know. And the, the Lions, the Lions, who has he been with the last two years? The Lions, Washington, uh, Tennessee, you know. It's is he just making the rounds now? You know, I I don't think he has maybe maybe one more year. You know, maybe Uh, it's like there's no who would do it. You know, no one, no one. Hopefully not. Um. So yeah, that I mean, again, if if it's Adrian Pearson who's giving uh some of the insight to Rashad Penny, you know, it's like, hey man, I'm all for it. 
plus outside of that, that guy's got, you know, probably as much running back knowledge as some people ever will. Um, So I think, I do not think that would be a bad idea whatsoever. Um, Speaking of bad ideas, uh, backup quarterback Geno Smith was arrested early Monday morning <laughs> for driving under the influence. That's he not was, funny, but the transition was quite funny. He was reportedly driving 96 miles per hour and refused a breathalyzer prior to his arrest. Now, Geno has tweeted out after this, stating that essentially there is more information than the basic headline. So, you know, um, for the time being, uh, I feel like we should give him the benefit of the doubt because obviously things can happen with law enforcement that aren't exactly savory. Absolutely. Um, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the refusing the breathalyzer part isn't exactly ideal. Um, but again, we, we kind of have to see the full story out here. I know that um, after this happened, Smith was still in person at a Seahawks meeting that day, uh, but Pete Carroll would not say anything else about it. Um, yeah, and that that kind of tips me off that the that there might I don't know there might yeah because be you'd figure story. usually right if it's Pete he'd be like oh yeah nothing Gino's mine Gino's great Gino loves to compete all that crap, <laughs> um, so you would kind of figure right that we would have heard something um or he would have said something like that right we'd get some right. assurance um but uh, we did we did not so i don't know but we'll have to keep an eye on that because i mean someone has to back up russell wilson so we'll see speaking of russell wilson um <laughs> it's off season bennett so what does that mean uh russell wilson trade rumors yay rumor time <laughs> I'm sick of it already. Yeah. Uh, so a report came out a few days ago that Russell is reportedly open to consider outside options to see what may best give him the opportunity to win games. Uh, personally, I think this is just his agent stirring shit. Um, because again, to go out and to say all this crap about, oh, I want to be in Seattle. Oh, I want to win Super Bowls in Seattle. It's just like the ultimate villain thing to do to go and say that crap and then be like, ah, trade I, time. I, just, I can't think of anybody in Seattle sports history in maybe the last 20 years who has done something like that to the uh, sports community of Seattle. I just oh. can't think. Oh, is it? can't think of anybody who might have been married to a celebrity for a little bit that oh and bungled that <laughs> how do you bungle that <laughs> i don't yeah. know man i you know i figured it people, out after a second it took me a minute a lot of people have been i think unfairly so drawing comparisons between a-rod and russell wilson i think that's different um but it is funny to play with that but it, it, it i don't they're completely different situations in my opinion you know uh, was I alive enough at the time to really know what was going on with A-Rod? No. But, like, Russell Wilson's very obviously of different character. Um, so I'm not worried about him in that respect at all. Yeah, I, I think it's um, 
I think there's some different situations there. I don't know if you can entirely equate those for one. Um, Russell won a title in this city. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's different. Um, So continuing with this stupidity, uh, Pittsburgh reportedly is not interested in training for Wilson as they would rather draft a quarterback high and let him compete. I wouldn't go to Pittsburgh anyway. Yeah, fuck Um, Pittsburgh. Yep, there it is. We, <laughs> we oh, I have... said shit earlier. Oh, okay, cool. Fuck Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Let it let it rip. Um, not because I hate the city. I'm sure the city's fine. I just hate the Steelers and Big Ben. I could care less about Big Ben, and I was not exactly happy that he was jammed down everyone's throat on NFL Twitter. Oh, thank you, Ben. Shut up. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Um, what are you thinking? So you know, um, and then so. Uh, if you don't know, on Monday Night Football, uh, there's been the Manning cast featuring Manning cast. Peyton, Peyton and Eli, and they'll have guests on. And during the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend Monday Night Edition Manning cast report came out that, you know, our quarterback, Russell Wilson, was on it, right? Report came out that there was an agreement between the Manning cast and Wilson to avoid Seahawks talk on the broadcast. Um, trying to know how I feel about right now. That report came out just a little bit ago. Uh, huh. That Manning. I cast, haven't read that. Yeah, that uh, that had just kind of come. Oh, out. so that's that's why Russ is like number two in trending right now. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't click on. It. I thought it was just that he was on the Manning cast. Is he really number two in trending right now? Uh, he's number two in trending in like sports, I think. Yeah, that's still. I always do a little, a little. Oh check. yeah, for you, Russell Wilson. Um, just mentioned the shut up. Um, give me something here. These aren't giving me anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. You know, um, I, I as has been said on this show several times, I will not buy it until Russell Wilson comes out and looks me dead in the eye and says, Charles, I want to trade. And then at that moment, I will s- sob a little bit. Um, but until that happens, I don't care. Um, and then we already alluded to it, but uh, we have to get to it now as we're dragging our feet with the Seahawks here. Um the Seahawks and Ken Norton Jr. are expected to part ways after four seasons. That headline coming out about an hour ago. Um, Weird time, by the way. Weird huh? time. Weird time to break that news. Yeah, it's uh, what a week after the season ends. Um, I guess. Well, there was that supposed meeting with Schneider, uh, Carroll, and Jody Allen. Yeah, and we the, didn't hear oh, anything about. There's a big shakeup coming. Um, which there was, <laughs> just not no. the one I was expecting. No, um, but I mean, Ken Norton Jr. in his time as DC as linebacker coach, I think everybody was like, "Oh, that's yeah, he's, he's fine. He does his job, yeah. right?" Yeah. Um, and his job as DC has certainly been the um, drawn some attention. Yeah. Um, so it, this is an interesting move. You know, I know over 
what the second half of last season uh, and then this past season um, has had good scoring defense. Um, but this is, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it depends on where you go from here because the name that popped into my head and same with Bennett uh, was Dan Quinn. Now, Dan Quinn has had a successful time as a DC, you know, obviously here, but also, you know, recently with the Cowboys. But the fact of the matter is, is that it does not matter if we want Dan Quinn. It matters if Dan Quinn because wants us. Dan Quinn is currently under contract with the Cowboys and cannot leave unless it is to a higher position, a la head coach. So unless anybody in the world sees Dan Quinn taking over for Pete Carroll. Which, if you're, like, balanced, you've done. Drugs. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of an option that's not there. But somebody made a point that I thought was kind of funny because it kind of has a tie to me. Um, all of the last, like, three or four defensive coordinators for the Seahawks have been bald. Whoa! So take your guesses on who that might be with that corresponding information. Tom Cable. Oh, God. Is he still around? No. <laughs> does he not coach for the Raiders anymore? The Raiders I don't kind think of so. If he does, that's insane. I know that he was uh, – I know that – no, he is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, maybe that's why the Raiders got their ass kicked. Um, but yeah, so defensive coordinator is something that will now have to be looked at. I don't think Waldron will get moved because it was his first year. Um, yeah, that's the one guy you can't fire. I'm sorry. You, you, you don't, you don't get a guy just to fire him like that. No. And I don't think he was really, at least um, not a coordinator. You can do that with a head coach sometimes. I'll, uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, but you don't really do that with a coordinator, I don't think. No, I would hope not. Uh, and it was interesting with Waldron because we saw his offense kind of like at the bookends of the season. I mean, it felt like we kind of saw like the motion stuff and the different usage of, you know, personnel and all that. So I don't know. That's, I'm hoping to see more, more diversity and more uh, spice next season in the offense um as we get into the league news black monday uh infamous black monday was last monday uh, for the nfl relating to all of the head coaching news uh and so as that being said you know coaches and firings took place over the past week uh the giants fired head coach joe judge the texans fired head coach david culley uh, so now the only black head coach in the NFL is Mike Tomlin. Uh, also, the Texans, by the way, that Texans firing feels so, like, unnecessary. Yeah, because it was his first year, and he kind of was dealt, like, Probably it's like if he was told to build a box, build, build uh, what, what's something relatively simple to build, Bennett? I don't know, like a chair? Yeah, told to build a chair, and he was given, like, straws it just doesn't work um with joe judge i understand because joe judge just kind of didn't seem to know what he was doing um but yeah that seems like kind of dealt a bad hand and was just set up to fail um 
So the Texans are kind of interesting because they're reportedly targeting four people at the moment for their head coaching job. Those four are Brian Flores, which I think would be a, a good pickup because I don't think he should have been fired from the Dolphins anyway. Uh, Gerard Mayo, the current Patriots linebackers coach, former Patriot linebacker. Strange. Uh, Heinz Ward. Whoa. Offensive coordinator. Oh, and Chargers offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Um, Lombardi makes sense. Yeah, Lombardi probably Flores. It probably goes Flores, Lombardi, Mayo, Ward. Ward is freaking weird. Because he doesn't do anything at the moment, I don't think. I think he coaches college. That sounds right, but let me make sure. Oh, no, sorry. Uh he he coached for the jets as an offensive assistant he's a coach for the florida atlantic no thanks so yeah i don't mm. what the hell is florida atlantic it's like it's like d3 what that doesn't make sense oh okay sorry my bad it's d1 owl fans don't get too mad at me i don't think any owl fans listen to us bennett um, the Vikings requested an interview with the VP of football operations for the Eagles, Catherine Rage. Uh, she is the first NFL general manager request for a woman ever. I, I think that'd be pretty baller. I mean, um, it's a good, also, it's always a cool first in. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really, I think there was one, uh, woman GM, but it was a long time ago. Ooh. Um, and Minnesota is also interested in interviewing Todd Bowles for their head coaching job. Bowles is still a defensive coordinator currently. Uh, the Bills have several of their staff being interviewed for jobs. Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier are interviewing for the Bears job. And uh, Bears and Dolphins head coaching jobs. My apologies. Um, and Chicago is interviewing assistant general manager Joe Schoen. Uh, the Broncos are reportedly looking into Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. Uh, the Raiders are car. Uh, his future is reportedly tied to the new head coaching hire. Uh, if he's moved, the Saints, Texans, and Colts are all potential candidates. Apparently, that would those all make sense. I would prefer if Card stayed out of the NFC, though, because if you give Sean Payton a competent quarterback, he might be dangerous. Um, <laughs> um, then there's fucking Taysom Hill. I don't like him. Uh, Calvin Ridley may be on the move. The Falcons are holding out hope that they can retain the star wide receiver, but there is a very strong possibility that he will be traded. So that is interesting. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, remember him? Uh, is reportedly open to settling civil suits. Uh, the civil suits against him are something that he is open to settling reportedly, but it may take a long time before his legal issues are totally resolved. And I would just prefer if he never played in the league again. Um, and then the last news to end on a positive note, potentially positive note, I guess, is that uh, Amazon is reportedly considering former Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch to be part of its new studio show for Thursday Night Football next <laughs> season. Do I think he'll do it? No. Uh, unless they let him swear, I don't think they'll do it. Yeah, he's not a huge fan of the media, is he? I, well, I just, you know, he does his things now and he gets his money, but they're like commercials and bits. I really don't think you could get him to do a show for more than a week. Right. Cause I think he was on Manning cast. Um, 
but he dropped an f-bomb and they're like marshawn we're live and he's like yeah fuck i know and it was like oh who marshawn marshawn come to our show we let you swear oh fuck dude oh well i mean see um heading over to sad time the seattle mariners still in the mlb lockout we're able to sign some international prospects because i don't think that impacts wow huh i would have never anything below major league is fine i think minor league baseball still works oh yeah because what's his name was just playing i should know his name but i don't unfortunately i know the d-backs signed Braden bishop and keenan middleton to their minor league squad oh oh Braden bishop boo no (laughs) well he wasn't with he was i have a funny story about Braden bishop um god we're derailing here uh so Braden Bishop was with the Mariners last season. Uh, he was a Husky, right? I was able to reach out to Braden over Twitter and he was like, oh yeah, let's do an interview. Just talk to PR. I talked to PR, got his phone number. Uh, I was basically ready to set it up. Uh, we got to the point where he was like, hey, yeah, just let me know when you're available. Let him know, no response. Uh, just nothing. And then he gets, uh, I think he got traded or... Uh, waved and he signed with the Giants where his brother is actually a yep. he's a Hunter Bishop and I said oh you know best of luck and he's like oh thanks Charles I was like can we still do an interview no response so Braden Bishop ghosted me thanks buddy Um, so the international prospects that Seattle signed there's three of them uh, the number eight international prospect Lazaro Montez the number 41 international prospect Michael Arroyo and the number 48 international prospect in Martin Gonzalez. Um, so there's something, right? There's some Mariners information for you. You know, probably in three to four years, we might see one of those guys. But usually with baseball, it takes a few years, right? Especially on the international level. Oh, yeah. Um, so in league notes, we do have one thing pertaining to the lockout, one thing related to baseball as a whole. Shohei Otani uh, wants to make baseball America's most popular sport again. He stated that baseball is not dead in a GQ interview. Uh, Otani, um, I don't really hate him because he's, he's, he's hard like a to nice hate. guy. And he's hard to hate. Angels, angels still suck anyway. Um, but that's that's kind of a hard slope, my friend. That is kind of a hard slope. Um, and then so the MLB and the MLB Players Association did meet on Thursday. Uh, the MLB did put out a couple of offers, but they did not go well. According to a report, the players' reaction to the proposal was not positive. So we have gained no traction, and we are still in sad lockout mode. Uh, this is your time to check out Ham Seattle. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. Ham Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. As we switch over to our Seattle Sounders here, who were busy over the past week, um, they've been relatively quiet, but the past week we had some free agency stuff as well as some draft stuff. The MLS Super Draft took place. I don't know why it's called the Super Draft. It's just a normal draft. Really, it's just like, we'll just put Super in front of it. Maybe we'll get some interest. So the Sounders initially had the 20th overall pick in the draft, but traded it to the New York Red Bulls as soon as they were on the clock for the 43rd overall pick and 70,000, 75,000 in allocation money. 
Um, with that 43rd overall pick, they would select UW defender Akil Robin, uh, who previously played three seasons at Bowling Green before transferring into UW. Um, and then with their 72nd overall pick, the only two picks that they had, Seattle would select Seattle U defender, no, pardon me, midfielder Hal Uteritz. So the last time that the Sounders selected a UW player and a Seattle U player would be the Rodon brothers and Christian and Alex Rodon. And those turned out pretty well. Do I think these picks will be like that? I mean, it's hard to compare like that, but uh, it is interesting to see this, uh, the Sounders sticking with local flavor. Um, also sticking with local flavor, the team would sign UW midfielder Dylan Tevis uh, to a homegrown player contract. If you do not know, Tevis was the number two ranked men's soccer player in the nation this past season uh hailing from hawaii tevez also previously played for the seattle sounders academy and was offered a deal to sign with the academy and play instead of college but uh tevez decided to go to uw which i'm not mad at um tevez would sign a four-year deal with the sounders including three option years deciding to wear the number 99 um, as an ode to his number nine he wore in college, but still, Bennett, I mean, in football, it makes sense, right? Yeah, soccer is a weird, that's a weird soccer. Yeah, though. that's, but hey, man, I, I trust Dylan, I guess. Um, he has already completed his degree in finance from the UW Foster School of Business, uh, completing his degree two quarters early. So good for smart guy, right? Um, Jeez, how nice that would be to play soccer, uh, do it in your hometown, and to be done with your degree. Huh? That would be. How nice to be done with your degree. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just take take away everything else. Just be done with the degree. Uh, if I could just be done with that, that would be great. Because be it's great. like everybody you want to apply to seems to want you to be done already. Um, but it's like, eh, I'm already pretty qualified um anyway uh so the those that's those two things are already pretty big news anyway but the sounders officially signed albert rusnak rusnak watches over on the 13th of january seattle made the news official finally after you know relatively two weeks of rumors uh his contract is a two-year deal with an option for 2024 rusnak uh, scored 11 goals and recorded 11 assists last season uh, and should have been an MLS all-star scoring 41 goals and 39 assists in 135 career starts. Uh, Real Salt Lake reportedly did not offer Rusnak a new contract. So keep that in mind, Bennett, that this guy is like an all-star caliber talent um, and still relatively young. Um, so keep that in mind for me. Okay. Cause this is a deal that is, relatively one of the bigger ones in MLS history uh, in terms of free agency. Okay. Um, the other Sounders contract news, uh, Alex Roldan is coming back on a three-year contract that is fully guaranteed. Will Bruin is returning. Stefan Cleveland has been resigned, the backup goalkeeper who started several games when Stefan Fry was out with injury. Uh, Freddie Montero should be coming back on a senior deal. Kellen Rowe should be returning as well. The Bruin, Montero, and Rogue contracts are not officially confirmed, but are close. I have that on good authority. Um, and then Jao Paulo, who was a finalist for the league MVP last season, um, 
and Raul Ruiz Diaz are reportedly both um, signed on renewed contracts. Um, and those should go official next week. So um, both players were going into the final year of their deals. Jao Paulo's deal is through 2024, same as Rui Diaz. So with that being said, the Sounders of their 18 most consistent, most impactful players last season are returning 16 of them. They are signing the number two player in men's college soccer, um, and they're adding an MLS all-star caliber player. Um, All signs point to this being a successful season and a deep playoff run season. Obviously, we can't put a stamp on that. I know that some shows will do that, right? They'll be like, oh, you know, Super Bowl (laughs) or bust. I have a hard time doing that because I know that the season is such a terrible place and such bad, evil things can happen. Like Russell Wilson making his finger go ouchie, you know? So, but, you know, just think about what I said there, right? 16 of your 18 most impactful players are coming back. You're adding an MLS all-star and you're adding the number two player in college. Um, And that doesn't mean he needs to contribute this season. He can just gain experience and get better Mm -hmm. and, you know, because the Sounders, you know, throughout their history in MLS, um, they haven't signed a bunch of big name guys. They don't go out and fish for guys. They've been able to kind of do what Pete Carroll tries to do and go out and get guys who are kind of diamonds in the rough guys. Um, but they build a culture here. Um, and that's why, you know, we were looking at a, a playoff streak where the team in its MLS inception, because the Sounders did exist prior to the MLS and played Memorial, by the way, uh, Pele actually played in Memorial, believe it or not, um, have made it every single year um, and have a winning culture. If you look at any, uh, I wouldn't necessarily dynasty, but consistently good franchise um, at the base of it is a good front office that is able to, you know, bring in the right people to create the right culture. And the Sounders have done that. Um, And I'm thinking that this upcoming season should only mean incredible things. Obviously we have to get through the entirety of that season. It's a long season and a lot can happen, but it certainly points to the right signs. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Cause it's on paper on paper. Things can look so good. Right. We have to get through the season, uh, which starts actually next month. So there you go. God, soccer just seems like it always is happening. Oh, trust me. It is. It's just, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. That's why when people are like, what's your Premier League team? You know, I'm like, I have a local team and I have my women's team. And that's all because I can't, you know, there's Premier League, there's Bundesliga, uh, Champions League stuff going on. It's just so much. It's like if I were to get into anime, you know, it's just there's too much going on for me that I've already got <laughs> a lot that I pay attention to. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, soccer, it, it, it really does. It just keeps going. Um, as we transition over to our Seattle Storm here, we have a few tidbits here and there. Uh, as WNBA free agency started last week uh the storm got fined for their tweets about sue bird returning for one more year 
which I get it technically is tampering, but unless something unholy happens and Subaru does not return to Seattle, I think it's just kind of a shoe in, right? Right. Um, the Storm Cord Guard Jewel Lloyd. Now, Bennett, do you know what the term core means? I'm guessing it means nobody can take her from from what the expansion draft. No, it is effectively like the franchise tag. Oh, uh, so the three different roads that this could go down are that Jewel Lloyd will either be back on a one year deal that is the super max contract, the highest that you can she can be paid. Uh, she'll sign a multi year deal with the Seattle and extend that contract, and you know things will be happily ever after. Or she could be traded and Seattle could get something back from it. Um, because at the uh, before she was court, she was an unrestricted free agent. Now it's basically Seattle has the options here and uh, are able to get some security in what they do. Now, um, I said this on the Converge episode, but um, it, it, it's it's... Jewel Lloyd's going to be the biggest question mark for this team because coring is obviously a big deal, but um, there was no real indication about what she was going to do or what she will do still. Sorry. Cause Sue birds returning. And uh, again, something unholy happens. Bennett summons a demon and it decides to tell Sue bird to sign somewhere else. Sue bird staying in Seattle for her final year. Right. Stewie said she wants to be back. She wants to be in Seattle and she wants to play with Subert. So I feel safe that Brianna Stewart will be back next season. Jewel Lloyd has said that she needs to take time, talk to her family, think about it herself and decide what she wants to do with her career. Now, again, she can do that. She's her own woman. This is her career, but it does not help us as members of the Seattle media about what to think. Right. Um, and over the past, I think two weeks, there was a, Instagram story that Jewel reshared on her story that was a housing agent who th- congratulated Lloyd on buying a house. Mm. In the back of the photo were the word the letters that spelled out the word Chicago. Now, if you don't know, the Chicago Sky won the WNBA title last season. They have Candace Parker, who is renowned as one of the best players in the league. Jewel Lloyd is from Chicago. That being said. It could just be a house in Chicago that she's having, you know, outside of her time in Seattle, or it could be bad business. With that being said, at the Kraken game the other day, uh, the game against the Kings on the 15th, uh, I had a source that was able to meet Jewel Lloyd at that game. And she was with some of her Storm teammates. Uh, my source asked Jewel Lloyd if she would be returning to Seattle after asking about her being court. And she said she would love to stay in Seattle. Now, this could mean anything because Jewel Lloyd can say anything to anybody in public, right? Um, because that's her choice. But also, this could be good news. So right now, I, I can't tell you where she's leaning. It's really kind of a toss-up. Um, but coming off of her best year, um, and as someone who's always been valuable to this team, I would love to have her back. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I don't know about you, Bennett, but I have no idea. I can't, I don't know. I mean, whenever you have, um, whenever you have a star player like that, I mean, it's, uh, it's not exactly the same thing with Russ, but whenever you have a star player like that, that is such an influence on your team, it, it kind of gets to that, 
that point where you know you're, you're gonna hit a a path with two forks yep and no matter what way you go down you're happy for their time here but of course if you're without them it hurts your team's chances at you know going the distance again and this year um, was obviously a disappointment for the Storm because they didn't, you know, make it to the highest uh, peak that we know they could have made it to. Yeah, that uh, or even make it out of the first round. I know. I mean, like, it, it's, it was a disappointing season. So to lose a core piece of your team is, is, is I wouldn't say devastating, but it certainly is upsetting. Um, yeah. Especially at a point where we, we know that the Storm could probably make a decent run at it again next year. And you have uh, to think that they want to, right? I mean, if it's Superbird's last season, you probably want to send her out on top. Exactly. And, you know, she spent her entire career on the top. So why not, you know, have that be the entire course? So, you know, if Jewel Lloyd dips, and especially if she dips to, you know, Champsville, um, it'll be kind of annoying. It'll be kind of annoying. I, I don't think it's anything that the city should take personally, of course. Um, but it, it still would be a disappointment. Yeah, no, I wouldn't take it personal. I would just, it would be like, shit, where do we go now? Right. Exactly. You kind of have to, at least we know right now that with the coring that Seattle will get something out of it if she does not want to be here. But still, I would prefer to have Jewelloid here rather than not. Um, so with that being said, and with your knowledge of the team, Bennett, um, if we're going to be super duper optimistic, happy sunshine, smiley time, and assume that the big three returns. Looking at free agency, right? We get all those out of the way. We, right. we get best case scenario. There's some huge free agents, and it obviously depends on the other teams retiring, we're signing their free agents or not. But at least position wise, what would you say if if I had to have you pick somebody, not somebody, a position group like a big net of free agent in a position group? Where would you look? Because you know, in terms of uh, the bigs, Tina Charles is available. She led the league in points per game for the majority of the season. Uh, Liz Cambage is uh, still an impactful player. Uh, Angel McCautry and Miaisha Haynes Allen are two guards that could help um, maybe in fit into the forward spots. Um, if I'm going to tell you personally, I think if you're able to add a Tina, Tina Charles or Liz Cambage and add a center to you're at a big name center to play along with Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, and Jewel Lloyd. I think it's 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 title or bust, really. And I again I don't like saying that, but to have the big three and to add a, a fourth big star, I think that's I think that's the best situation. Do you what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, yeah, you you know the team better than I do, and it feels like the bigs is where you know, the team's been lacking because here, take it, take it this way. Right. Remember the sun game we went to. Exactly. That's what John I Paul Jones center won MVP last year and nobody could guard her. Right. Whether it was inside or out. And if you have somebody inside, that could take it away. Then you just worry about the perimeter. In the games that I watched, you know, that's where we lacked the most. It was the inside yep. defense. It just wasn't working the way it ought to. Um, and, and that's where the team really got gashed throughout the entire season. So if you can add some bigs, 
you, you start to look at the team and start to go, well, oh shit, they don't have any deficiencies. They were really close this year to not really having deficiencies. Their inside game wasn't horrible. It would just get gashed by teams that were, you know, better at them. Yeah. And um, that so, being said, just a quick thing. They do have Ezie Magbagor, who's a young center, but she's young is my point, right? Right. I don't think it would at all hurt. Um, out a little bit. Yeah. And if you have her on the bench, I don't know think that's a bad deal because if you look at basketball, a lot, if not all championship teams have a good bench. Being on the bench is different in basketball than any other sport. Yep. You know, yep. It, it's yep. not, it's not that way. Uh, it's not the same story as football or baseball or anything like that. You, you see the court a lot. So to have talent on the bench and to have a young talent on the bench is huge, especially for bigs, uh, because, you know, you, you see them rotate out a fair amount and it is one of the core tenets of the game. You, you can take out your deep scores for a little bit yep, and still be okay. But if you take out your big and you put an inexperienced big out there who's not going to defend the, uh, the inside, you're going to get gashed pretty quickly. And you're going to have a really hard time um, getting your nose back in the game. Yeah, so that, I, I think personally, if you're able to, it, don't even worry about it. Just Tina Charles or Liz Cambage, that would be huge. And that's obviously, again, if the money works and if they want to be here, but that and then getting just a, a key piece here and there to, to solidify that bench would be huge. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you still got to get through, you know, putting numbers to paper and putting signatures to paper for your big three um, mm-hmm. because none of them have officially signed yet. So. You got to think that that's, I mean, like you've been saying, oh, that's priority. I forgot. I don't think players can officially sign deals until a little bit later, which is weird. Because um, teams can negotiate with players. Oh, uh, right? but they can't put pen to paper. Not yet. So I so imagine like those times where it's like, oh, we have an agreement in in uh help me out here. In uh we have an agreement in shoot. Not, there's a word. We have an agreement in in, in like agreement. Yeah, it's just we have to wait until the deadline. Um so yeah, we have oh, to wait I see for what that. You mean. It's like everything's in order. We just yeah, we have a yeah, we have a, a a contract in place. It just we haven't we have to wait till the official. It's okay to do. I mean, you um, look at you look at any. I mean, look at the original center. Are there are available centers in the free agency? And you got to think that that's where the storm will head first. Uh, Tina Charles. I mean, that'd be insane. You you'd get another. Yeah, I mean, I would look at it through the season, and her name was always near the top of points per game, and it's like Jesus, dude. And that was the thing with Washington is they have a lot. They won the title a few years ago. Um. Oh wait, Liz Cambage has been cored. Oh, so Vegas will at least get something out of it. And I don't know if we have the the trade capital to do that. Um. <laughs> I think Tina Charles would be a fantastic target. Yeah, there you go. Tina Charles. Don't even worry about anything else. <laughs> um, Washington has so much talent, and you just think Tina Charles is out there doing her thing. Elena Della Don was injured. She won finals MVP a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd add a piece like that. A veteran to, yeah, again, to go back to it, to teach Ezzy Magbagor and to have her. I'm, 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 um, so that, looking at a, a big, in a free agency 
but also the Storm are reportedly among the teams interested in point guard Courtney Vandersloot. Now, if you don't know, Courtney Vandersloot is one of the most talented point guards in the league and is a well-rounded veteran. But this is an interesting move because in the guard department... <laughs> She's from Kent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, if, if you wanted to come here, there's a good start, right? But the guard department in the starting role is a little busy. Right. Right. And I don't know how much she wants to come off the bench. She could yeah, be a great know, six woman, but uh, to have her, you know, looking at her stats, it'd be weird to sign her on, you know, an all-star starter. Yeah. Because yeah. So uh, to have I, her come in and sit bench, I don't think that'd be something. No, but the report came out tonight that the Storm are reportedly among the teams interested in her. So she's a she's a free agent, okay? Um, and she well, big thing with her staying with Chicago was to win a title. Chicago's won a title, so I think she's fine with that now. Mm. The only thing maybe keeping her in Chicago would be that her wife Allie Quigley is there. Um. So I don't I don't know though I the just I'm only going off the report that she, Seattle is interested in her, so I don't I don't. I will say they did get married here, so oh hmm and I yeah. think play here for one year so oh, oh. Yeah. come back home. <laughs> Um, so that's something to look at, but looking ahead for your storm, it's just free agency. That's it's, it's going to be a wild ride. I can already tell, uh, this oh, is your... just, just, I mean, next season's going to be fun because <laughs> they're finally, yeah, gonna... it gives you a better opportunity to be at storm games, right? I mean, instead of going to Everett. Uh, yeah. Going to Everett just wasn't plausible, man. It's too far. It's too much of a time sink. But I mean, I'll I'll gladly skip up to downtown. And it's it's a and it's no dig on Angel the Winds Arena, but it's a much better facility. So yeah, you know, I, I I didn't mind being there. It was a fine facility for what it was. <laughs> um, but you can't really you can't beat going to a brand new stadium. No, and I know that if Subert was impressed, then I'm sure the team will enjoy their time there. Um. Oh, Moon Knight trailer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty good. This is your time to check out Maestro Athletics. That is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S. Maestroathletics.com. Go and check them out. I know that they just had two of their products banned, um, which are related to our next segment, which is kind of ironic. The uh, Mighty Kraken Hat and the Kraken shorts were both banned. And I'm assuming, I haven't gotten official word from Anthony, but I'm assuming it's from our Seattle Kraken, who happens to be our next team here. Um, as they continue through the regular season, played uh, four games over the past week, starting with two on the road, January 12th at the Dallas Stars, losing that game two to five. Uh, player of the game, Jared McCann, with one goal, one assist. I don't know why I put assists after one. Ah. Two points, four shots on goal, two hits and a block. 
Uh, January 13th in a back-to-back, the team would play St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues, losing that game in a tough one-to-two loss. Play of the game would be Alex Winberg when he had one goal, one point, a one plus minus, four shots on goal and a hit. Coming back home on the 15th to play the Kings, losing that game one to three. Uh, I know you see one to three, but that game was one to two for about uh, all but 30 seconds uh, to the end there, uh, where LA got a, a breakaway goal. And I'll go over that in a second. Uh, play of the game, Marcus Johansson scoring the only goal, recording the one point with two shots on goal. And then on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, uh, the 17th versus the Chicago Blackhawks with a 2 p.m. start. Yes, very odd, very bizarre. Don't have to tell me about it. I was there. Um, winning that game and snapping the nine-game losing streak uh, in penalty shootout, three to two, player of the game, Ryan Donato uh, scoring one goal, one point, a one plus minus, five shots on goal, and two takeaways. Donnie had the game-tying goal with two minutes to go in the game and converted the first of the two Kraken penalties that would help win the game. Um, I'll tell you this in the games against in the three game stretch here against St. Louis, LA and Chicago, the Kraken played good defensive games. They played tight. They battled throughout the game. They just won, only scored a goal in two of those contests and two, uh, dealt with rebound control, right? The the goaltender, whether it was Gruby or Ryan, Ryan, I'm looking at Ryan Donato's name, or Chris <laughs> Rieger would get a good stop, but the rebound would land right in front of the opposing team for an easy, an easy tip in. Um, and I was very frustrated after the Kings game because what, what rang true in my head was what Captain Mark Giordano said after the Calgary loss on the uh, December 31st was that this team, I've never seen a team continue to find new ways to lose. It's true (laughs) because the Kraken have seen a myriad of ways to lose over the season, but there have been the same recurring ones, whether it's turnovers behind the net, bad passing, um, leaving guys open. It wasn't that way against LA. There was bad passing. Yes, but there was, they, they, they cut down the bad turnovers. Um, uh, They weren't leaving guys open for the most part. And they played a good tight game. It was a one to two game for the longest time. Seattle got a power play opportunity late in the game. You couldn't convert, but it was, it was just frustrating. And especially when it's a nine game losing streak, you forget what winning's like because you have a week or so in there where you have a bunch of games postponed. It's frustrating. Uh, But this game on the 17th against Chicago was really what, um, the media and people were expecting from the Kraken how they expected to play games was tough, gritty games that had a lot of good defense, some good goaltending um, offense in unconventional ways, but maybe special teams as well. It's weird because in hockey, they call the power play and penalty kill special teams. Oh, weird. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense, but. Um, Cause technically you use a different unit, but it's the same players. So anyway, um, I obviously I don't think people expected us to go into shootouts a lot because we don't really have the guys for that. Um, but it's how games were expected to be won with tough defense, uh, good goaltending and finding ways to score on offense. Uh, and they were able to do that Chicago. I know they have a losing record, but they've been competitive and they beat us early in the season. So a win's a win and it snaps the losing streak and the team announced a uh, team dog 
the team dog. Wow, that's great. Davy Jones. Uh, he's a good little fella. Um, Jonas Donskoy is asked after the game if the win was because of the dog. And he said, yes, I think every team should have a puppy. And I don't disagree with that. Um, in injury-related news, the other sucky part, I see, you know, you, you get to talking about a game, it's all fun, and then you get to injuries. Um, January 12th, Max McCormick was recalled from the taxi squad as Morgan Geeky is day-to-day with an upper body injury. You like the name Geeky, huh? That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> he was talking uh, about he had a really funny uh, interview um, post, post-practice interview um, where he, he talked about, he just seemed like he was just talking about uh, like playing video games and pizza hut. And he totally sounded like a middle or high schooler. And I was like, this guy's fucking cool. <laughs> um, January 16th goaltender, Chris Drieger was placed on the NHL COVID-19 protocol just the day after his start against the Kings uh, Antoine Bebo was recalled from the Allen Americans. Now Bennett will know why I was saying Antoine Bebo so often Bibois. because I thought it was Bibois. It's spelled B I B E A U. I thought it was Bibois. It's bad to tell you that it is indeed Bebo. I think Bebo sounds funny. So I'm going to use it. <laughs> Antoine Bebo. Yeah. He was active today because uh, the typical backup goaltender to Chris Drieger Joey Decord uh, was not able to make it out due to travel issues. Uh, oh. And then January 17th, everybody. Never huh? I had never heard that before. Uh, because he's with Charlotte. Oh, uh, um, okay. And he must not have been able to make it in time. Oh, especially because it was a two o'clock, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe if it, was, if it was seven, he would have been able to make it, but no, it's two. Yep. Um, January 17th, Bennett's new favorite player, Morgan Geeky, was placed on IR. Uh, and a sort oh, of corresponding okay. news uh, for Carson Kuhlman was claimed off of waivers from Boston as a corresponding move. So not not happy to have another guy go on IR. Uh, Jaden Schwartz is already going to be out for a month with a hand injury. Brendan Tanev's season is done with a ACL injury. Injuries suck poop. Uh, in a good change of pace in team related news, we have two, uh, one current player and one future player have some exciting news. Alternate captain Jordan Everly was voted to the 2022 all-star game. Uh, so far as the only representative, uh, captain Mark Giordano could join him, uh, as the NHL is running their last men in little voting round. So he may be, but I don't know. Geo hasn't had the best season. Um, and second overall pick, Maddie Beniers, was named to Team USA for the 2022 Winter Olympics. So congratulations to Maddie there uh, with that opportunity to represent the country. Um, in league-related news, I still have to talk about Evander Kane. Now, Bennett, do you have any idea who Evander Kane is? I don't. Evander Kane is a player who has been in several scandals. Uh, he bet on his own games in Oh, okay. Really wasn't that good. Uh, he had a fake vaccine card. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. Um, and it essentially he should be avoided. Like, uh, what's what's a good what's a good analogy here? The plague. Yeah, should be avoided like the plague, but we're living in one anyway. A little too close to home, Bennett. Um, 
So a report came out that 20 teams have expressed some level of interest in Kane. Um, and one of the best players in the world, Connor McDavid, was asked about the addition of Kane to the Edmonton Oilers. And the quote from McDavid is that I'm not really here to discuss, discuss optic issues. Connor McDavid said when asked about that possibility. So that's kind of problematic from Connor. Um, I would just like to see him not be signed. I think Evander Kane is a problematic weirdo. Um, any guy with a fake vaccine card. Come on, man. AB, I'm looking at you. Um and then in other league news, two off-ice officials uh, that alleged uh, – oh, two off-ice officials alleged that they were fired by the league after reporting racist and sexist language from a colleague. So that's not very – it's not ideal to hear yeah, from Yeah, the NHL league. has had some weird scandals like that recently. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The NHL has been in some bad news over the past season, I'd say. Um, it's I'm still relatively new to the NHL, so – uh, again, there could be more scandals, but uh, even even the team we just played, the Blackhawks, they've had some bad shit that's come out. So, um, yeah, not exactly fun. Uh, the Kraken record extends now to 11 wins, 23 losses, and four overtime losses, giving us 26 points. Um, 22, yeah. Yes, 22 for the 11 wins. It's 11 times 2 equals 22. And then the four points, the four overtime losses gives us four points, giving us 26. We still remain at eighth in the Pacific Division. Our next three games this upcoming week are January 20th versus the San Jose Sharks with a 7 o'clock puck drop. January 21st versus the St. Louis Blues with a 7 p.m. puck drop. And January 23rd versus the Florida Panthers uh, with a 6 p.m. puck drop. So um, it doesn't really get much easier. Uh, St. Louis, a good team. Florida, one of the better teams in the league. San Jose, they're okay. Um, but if, if, if this past game is any indication of what we may see from the team going forward, we should see more wins than losses. Um, as we move over to our OL reign here, uh, just some team news related things. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team stuff and trades. Uh, and uh, first getting into the U.S. Women's National Team stuff, Alana Cook, Sofia Huerta, and Rose Lavelle were all called into the U.S. Women's National Team January camp. It is the first national team camp of 2022, lasting from the 19th to the 28th. So by the time this is out, it will start tomorrow. Uh, and then three players were called into the U.S. Women's National Team's U23 camp from the rain. Goalkeepers Laura Ivory and Claudia Dickey and defender Alyssa Melanson. Now, Alyssa Melanson was one of the two trades that the Reign uh, completed over the past week. Uh, the Reign obtained the rights to Alyssa Melanson from the North Carolina Courage in exchange for uh, midfielder Frankie Tagliaferri. Uh, Melanson was originally drafted in last year's draft, but had a year of eligibility left, declined that selection, went back to Auburn, and won SEC Defender of the Year, U.S. Soccer Coaches First Team All-Southeast Region, and U.S. Soccer Coaches Second Team All-American. So, relatively successful year. Um, And the Reign would also acquire forward Veronica Latsko 
from the Houston Dash and then sign her through the 2023 season. That's co- was acquired from Houston in exchange for the Reigns' natural third-round pick in next year's draft and $30,000 in allocation money. So after really only acquiring defenders and midfielders up to this point, the Reign acquire a forward um, and it's still to be seen whether or not their parent club, uh, Olympic Lyon, that's where the OL comes from, will loan any of their world-class players to the rain for this upcoming season. That is still to be seen. Um, in league-related news, uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation says that the union for men's and women's team have not committed yet to a single pay system for both squads. Um and the NWSL rookie of the year, Trinity Rodman, gets her first U.S. Women's National Team call-in. Uh, Trinity Rodman, daughter of uh, Dennis Rodman. No kidding. I was, I, was, I was processing that in my head, and I was like, yep. no way. Yep. There's huh. a big thing. Uh, after the Spirit went to the title game, who Rodman plays for, uh, as, as a quote came out from Rodman, she said, my dad's not present in my life really uh just kind of said he hasn't really been there for me but i guess he was at the last few games of the the season so that was kind of cool to see um that dennis showed up for that and that there was at least that to be there yeah interesting guy we don't even want to go into that nope (laughs) not um but ahead for the rain preseason for the rain begins on february 1st so uh things will pick up relatively soon here um and luckily all of those home games will be back at lumen field so no more worrying to get back down to tacoma chuck does not have to traverse all the way down to shiny stadium anymore oh what do you mean come on that's the best part god dude you wouldn't believe you know getting home at like midnight (laughs) no thanks um now ben i don't know if you saw it but over the past week, I announced that the show will also now be covering the Seattle Seawolves. Whoa! So we now have all seven of the professional sports teams in Seattle. Not bad. We, That's, hey, I don't know anything about rugby. <laughs> I have bits and pieces, but it's a learning experience. I talked with the PR representative, Carly McKinnon, who was very patient and very helpful in explaining a lot to me. Um but now we have the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Sounders, the Storm, the Rain, the Kraken. Help me out here. What am I missing? Let me just go up the notes. The Seahawks, the Mariners, the Sounders, the Storm, the, the, the Kraken, the Rain, and then the Seawolves. Yes. So, yeah, we've got all seven of the current active uh, professional sports in this uh, city so um, there you go um, I know that the Seawolves themselves actually retweeted my tweet that said that I got a lot of coverage so that was pretty cool, oh, that's cool. Um, so looking ahead for your Seawolves so if in case here, here's some background on your Seawolves right uh, they play down in Starfire um, they the so Major League Rugby the league itself has been around um for only a few years it's really relatively new uh major league rugby as a give me a second yeah founded in 2017 so it's new new right 
Um, so the uh, Seawolves uh, played their first season in 2018. Um, in 2019, they won the title. Uh, so, you know, championship, yay. Um, but last season, they were last of the league. Sad face. Bennett do a sad face. Oh, mm. uh, well, yeah, it was kind of tough in 2020 because they only played, there was only five games. Uh, Seattle would only win one of them. And then all of the rest of them were canceled because of the pandemic. Um, oh, it's the case. <sighs> but in 2021 as well, um, out of two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16. At 16 games, Seattle only won four of them. So kind of uh, difficult the past few seasons, but winning the title in 2019 and then winning the title also in 2018. Um, only going up from here, though. Yeah, know. two titles, you know, to start off your inaugural few years. Pretty good. So your uh, Seawolves begin their preseason on January 22nd versus the UBCOB Ravens at 3 o'clock. Uh, the next is that, sorry, say that again. The twenty second of January. Yes. You know what? Is it? Does it stream on the internet? Give me a second. Let me find out. I know I've been invited. I'm sure I could my, get you uh, too. Well, <laughs> since my beautiful universe. Oh, yeah, mind, that's right. Um, I will have a lot of time to watch things on the internet. <laughs> Uh, so I would not mind to watch some rugby. Here's my weird sea. While you looked it up, here's my weird Sea Wolf story. Um, I've watched like three of their games just because they rerun them sometimes on Root Sports, like late at night or not. I don't know one of their sports channels, like pretty late at night. Um, and I just was like a couple of times I've just been like, yeah, sure, I'll watch rugby. Um, and I just watch the games. I have no idea what's going on, but I like it. I watched some Olympic rugby too. Uh, that was fun. I, I I just I don't know I don't know much about the sport. It is one of the sports huh, that I've okay. always thought to myself I'd like to know more about. Root Sports is the television home of the SeaWolves. Oh, that's frustrating because I can't watch Root in Portland. It also says though, for if I look up where can I watch Major League Rugby, it says that CBS Sports, Fox Sports One, and Fox Sports Two broadcast okay. Major League Rugby as a whole. I could catch so... some. I know Fox Sports online, if you type in Fox Sports, you can watch things on their website uh, unless you use your own like streaming or whatever. So, yeah, uh, they're they're a finicky. The Root Sports is finicky because they do not let you uh, stream it unless you're a direct TV customer, uh, which I am not. Oh, uh, that that's my beef with 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 Root. So I'll, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. I'm not going to do anything illegal. I'll just I'll find a way to figure out how to watch it. I wasn't even thinking illegal. I know, but I some people might. <laughs> hmm, Bennett. Hmm. Uh, but yes, welcome the Seawolves to the show. Oh, that's uh, eventually, you know, we would like to see the Sonics add to that, make it eight, and then the Dragons should be starting. Up it is about drive, and it, it is about power. So we should see them sooner than later. Do you? I'm not going to continue that. <laughs> I um, do. If that's what you were going to ask. The XFL is supposed to kick off once again this season, but we really haven't gotten much news over the past few months outside of uh, like uh, director of marketing 
Like the 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 XFL will post those hirings, but will not tell me anything about a kickoff date. So I have no idea what is going on. We might have I'd to imagine. get the Rock on the phone. If it is gonna indeed happen this year, I I would think it's summer. Yeah, uh, but I'd hope we'd hear something. I exactly, about it. but I feel like the announcement window is closing pretty fucking quickly. So like. If they're gonna announce yeah, it. the last stuff on the XFL website is that XFL announces president and leadership team. XFL announces key football operational hires. Who cares? Like, I mean, hiring these people, what are you gonna have them do? I'm gonna sign up for the newsletter. Ah, oh, good idea. Well, we'll, we'll have see a if scoop. we get anything, but we might have to call Dwayne and see what's up. Hey, Dwayne, when are we hey. announcing the kickoff date, please? Um, so I, your I, friends here at Circling Seattle Sports, you yeah. Remember. Bennett Bennett says you still owe him money. So I okay, let's let's calm down. <laughs> um, heading over into our UW sports news, uh, we have some little well, we only have good news in UW football, which is been a long time. Um, Huskies offensive lineman Henry Bainavalu will be returning to UW next season for his final year of eligibility. The Huskies would hire wide receiver coach Jamarcus Shepard. The highly titled wide receiver coach previously had the same job at Purdue. He will be the offense, co-offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator in addition to wide receiver coach. Uh, and with the news of the Jamarcus Shepard hired, wide receiver Lanyata Alexander Jr. transferred to Washington from Arizona State. Uh, Lanyata Alexander Jr. is previously from uh, Kennedy Catholic. Huh. Uh, was a high recruit and missed out was you'd have missed out initially, but now he has joined the Huskies. Um, he, he came from where? Sorry. Kennedy. But where did he, where did he go to college? Sorry. Oh, Arizona state. Ah, okay. Okay. Pretty sure it was Kennedy. It's like that red school that was always like really good. I thought um, red I, Kennedy's like orange and blue, aren't they? Yeah. No, they're like red. Really? Yeah, their colors are scarlet, white, and navy. Oh, maybe I'm colorblind. Holy shit. You do have glasses. I don't know if that's a thing, but <laughs> please continue. <laughs> um, in general, college football playoff news, the college football playoff expansion talks hit a snag. Uh, I guess frustration boiled over for Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby with the oh, lack wow. of progress being made on the 12-team playoff plan. And the ACC commissioner is reportedly against a college football expansion, college football playoff expansion. Uh, Jim Phillips sends a clear message from the conference members saying that now is not the time to expand the college football playoff. Why? Why not? Tell me why. Not really. I don't know. It would just be more money. It's It's a lot of money. Good thing? I don't know. Um, And Bennett's favorite coach, Chip Kelly, signed a four-year extension with UCLA. (laughs) <laughs> led the Bruins to their best record since 2014 and was on the last year of his contract. So oh my God, I keep forgetting Chip Kelly even exists. Yeah. It, you know, he's just kind of there. Not in a way that I think he's like the worst guy, but just in a way that I kind of forget he still coaches. Yeah. He's not exactly memorable anymore. Like uh, UCLA was like fine. Well, they beat us this year, whatever. Uh, wait, mm, no, two years ago, my bad. We didn't play yeah, him this that year. That was a big deal. Um, uh, I know we'll play him next year, I think, but the I don't know, he's just not as memorable right now to me. 
Um, anyway, uh, as we get over to basketball here, the men's basketball team, you know how I always talk about they suck? They won yeah. their last two games. Look at that. Oh, well, look at them go. Uh, January 12th versus Cal. UW got a big win. Uh, winning 64 to 55. Player of the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. scoring 21 points. Uh, you'd like to add some other things, but you know, when you're the team's leading scorer every single game, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, and then against Stanford, who the week prior had beat number five USC, UW oh. beat Stanford 67 to 64. Player of the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. Uh, again, you know, if you pay attention to the UW basketball side of things and the men's, when I say player of the game, it's 99% Terrell Brown Jr. Yeah, I've been hearing it. Um, recording 25 points, three rebounds, four assists, and four steals. Um, the record now sits at seven. No, no, pardon me, eight and seven. Uh, they're still seventh in the Pac 12, though. Uh, upcoming, they will take on Oregon State on January 20th at 8 30. Oh, god, I don't like that. No, no, sir, PM. It's <laughs> late know. night. Have fun. Yeah, dude. Jeez. You got to be in like Corvallis too. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then January 23rd at Oregon at 7 p.m. Uh, on the women's side of things, not not so fun. Not so cash money. That feels different. Um, yeah, really. Um, shoot, where am I? Oh, yeah. January 14th at UCLA. The dogs would lose that game 48 to 63. Uh, player of the game would be Haley Van Dyke, uh, recording 15 points, five rebounds, and two assists. And then in the game on January 16th against the against the USC Trojans, losing that game 73 to 66. Uh, player of the game Nancy Mulkey with 26 points, three rebounds, and one assist. So the center getting on the board there in a big way, uh, but still not enough. I know that game was close into the third quarter, uh, but USC was able to pull away there. Uh, the team record now sits at five and five. Uh, looking ahead, they will also play uh, Oregon, but they will do so at home. January 21st versus Oregon at seven o'clock. And then January 23rd versus Oregon State at 12 p.m. noon. No baseball news, no softball news, but I know their seasons are fast approaching. No soccer news, no volleyball news. Uh, the men's hockey team had their weekend's games against Utah canceled due to COVID issues. Um, and, then, yeah, it's already frustrating. You know, you're a club team, and, you know, you want to get as many games as possible. You want to grow, you know, uh, you know, because I know men's hockey in college is a thing, but it's mainly the East Coast schools, right? Mm-hmm. Like Michigan is really big, and it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of ice over there. Yep um just use the great no <laughs> no probably not um that sounds like the end to like a hockey movie <laughs> the great lakes becoming yeah big game on the great lakes the great game oh, the great God. game on the great lakes um but yeah you know you're you're you want to really grow the game in other areas and you know you can't get games it's just tough i know it's tough mm-hmm. Uh, the women's team, uh, just a few hours ago, I was at that game, January 17th versus Seattle Women's Hockey Club. Uh, I don't want to say the score. Oh, man. Now I want to hear it. 11 to 1. Holy 
shit. Yeah. The last time those two played in the scrimmage was uh, December 13th, and UW won one to nothing. What changed? I couldn't tell you. Uh, Seattle came out and was firing from the gate. Um, The thing, though, is that, you know, growing women's hockey is big because this is the UW's team's first year. Um, You know, you're still playing together. Uh, And the Seattle Women's Hockey Club is a group of, like, adult women that have been around for 10 years. Um, So the experience Ah. gap is pretty big. But, yeah. 11 to 1 is the first time I've seen that discrepancy be that big. That is pretty freaking wild. Um, Player of the game would be Bella McQuaid with the only goal on the team. Um, Upcoming for the team, though, uh, they have a road trip against Montana approaching. uh, So they will be able to play Montana State over there. Um, Oh, goodness. I don't remember where Montana State is city wise. Probably. Bennett, you're not helping. State. Atlanta. City. Grand Rapids. Billings. Billings. I was going to get there. That was my next Montana's guess. one of those states I just don't know many of the cities in. Like, if you give me a state, I could probably... Ooh, like, man, I'm fucking stupid. Grand Rapids is in Michigan. <laughs> I, that sounded wrong, but I just didn't say anything. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, they have an upcoming road trip against Montana State, and then they will have a home and away series against Boise State, who is similar to UW. They're in their first year. They're getting a team together, but they're growing. So uh, it's really cool to see, and I've been really glad to be able to work with the team and cover the team, Um, you know, not only in the reception, but also just to, you know, watch more hockey, really. Um, So, yeah, uh, a busier week in Seattle sports. Uh, we get Bennett back on the show. Uh, we introduce the Seawolves. Uh, we <sighs> probably are not done talking about the Seahawks for a while. Um, yeah, I had imagined this week is going to be pretty incendiary for the Seahawks. Yeah. Big sigh. Um, the Sounders make some big noise uh, with signings and are probably not even done with that. Uh, the rain are gearing up for preseason. The storm are also dealing with some free agency stuff that should be relatively <sighs> teeth grinding and stressful. Um, but what would Seattle sports be if not the most stressful city in all sports? What is Seattle sports if not stress? Hmm? I feel like, you know, if you're a California fan, it's not so stressful because you could really easily just kind of be like, Oh, the 49ers are sucking. Let's just hop over the Rams, see what they're doing. I feel like I a lot of that actually that. happens. <laughs> I don't know if people do that, but uh I don't doubt it. Maybe that's because why Because no you does. look at that Rams game. Yeah. Uh in week what? Week 18? Again, don't like saying that. And there was that quote from Matthew Stafford. We really had some trouble hearing in the second half. It's like, weren't you at your home stadium? <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy oh man um but with that being said yes we will see you uh next week hopefully with some some good news on all fronts but you know with with seven pro teams um as well as all the dub teams that does not exactly the odds are not in my favor here so no um with that being said we'll see you next week stay warm out there it's not that cold out 
Uh, I know it was 50 for a couple days, which is weird and technically nice. not supposed to happen in winter, right? Yeah, I mean, that is the nice global warming, but pretty nice to, to exist in until it gets too bad. <laughs> With that being said, uh, enjoy your global warming, and we will see you next week. <laughs> Baba Bowie.